Welcome to another top 10 movies and this year is 1982. I'm going to go through my top 10 favourite movies for that year but before we get started uh, just a few points about those that missed the cut. Diner by Barry Levitson, a very good movie that was one that got very close as did An Officer and a Gentleman, starring Richard Gere and Deborah Winger, uh, directed by Taylor Hackford. And The Man from Snowy River, starring Kirk Douglas. I'm a big fan of Douglas, as many of you will know. And uh, Woody Allen's A Midnight, a Midsummer's Night Sex Comedy, very amusing, uh, about some couples uh, away on a weekend retreat. That one missed the cut as well. And uh, last but not least, Francis Ford Coppola's One from the Heart, starring Frederick Forrest and Terry Garr and Harry Dean Stanton. Okay, right, let's get to the ones that did make the cut. And at 10 is Made in Britain. This is a very English movie directed by Alan Clark, who went on to direct the... Uh, movie scum at the end of the 80s, a very violent portrayal of life inside a borstal for young offenders. Well, Maeve in Britain is his precursor for that. This is an extremely violent movie about a young 16-year-old uh, skinhead played brilliantly by Tim Roth, who's basically uh, on a mission to uh, carry out hate, violence and anything else on a system that uh, finds it extremely difficult to control him and he's repaying the system for uh, all the uh, impact it's had on his life. It's a, a brutal portrayal of British youth and I suggest you go and have a look at it. Made in Britain starring Tim Roth. So at nine is Missing. This is a movie directed by Costa Gavras and it stars Jack Lemmon, Sissy Spacek and John Shea. It's based on a true story about what occurred in Chile in South America in 1973 when the military uh, uh, run by T uh, General Pinochet uh, decided to o overthrow the democratically elected government of Allende uh, and he, uh, he was murdered and what happened after that. And it, it, we trace the political upheaval through the arrival of Jack Lemon to Santiago and his desperate attempts to find out what's happened to his son, played by John Shear, and he gets the help of uh, the girlfriend, uh, excellently played by Sissy Spacey. It's a, a real uh, piece of dramatic drama and it's also a very close look at how powerful uh, uh, political corruption is uh, in all parts of the world. Uh, world. And it uh, won for adapted screenplay at the Oscars so it's certainly worth a look. That is missing. At eight is Tootsie, directed by Sidney Pollock. Uh, starring Dustin Hoffman, Jessica Lange and Terry Gare. Uh, this was a, a very successful movie. Uh, Jessica Lange won the o Oscar 
for uh, actor, actress, supporting actress, and it was also nominated uh, in uh, some other categories, including Best Film, uh, Best Actor for uh, Hoffman, uh, and uh, a few other minor awards. Oh, and for Best Director nomination for Sidney Pollock. Um, it's a story about uh, an actor, an unemployed actor, played by Hoffman, who, in his desperate search for new work, decides that he's going to try his hand at dressing up as a woman and going to audition audi auditions dressed as a woman. And, well, you, you've guessed it. He is successful on his first. And what then follows is a, a number of uh, roles where he has to continue to be uh, a woman and this uh, film traces the difficulties that emerge both in work-related aspects and in his personal life. It's a comedy, it's very funny, Hoffman is brilliant, and I suggest you get to look at it, it's called Tootsie. So to number seven in my top ten for 1982 movies, and this is The King of Comedy, directed by Martin Scorsese, uh, screenwriter Paul Zimmerman and it stars Robert De Niro as Rupert Pumpkin Pumpkin, not Pumpkin <laughs> and Jerry Lewis as Jerry Langford and uh, Diane Abbott plays Rita and Sandra Bernhardt plays Marsha this is a black comedy about how showbiz French people, groupies autograph hunters and obsessive fans get caught up in celebrity fervour uh, Jerry Langfield is a late-night TV host in the Johnny Carson-type mode. One of his uh, biggest fans is Rupert Popkin, who's an aspiring comedian and is desperate, uh, really desperate, to uh, join the celebrity uh, club. And he is determined uh, to get his o opportunity. And we witness his methods to try and make contact with his hero Jerry Langford uh, he tries the typical uh, forcing himself on him uh, routine but eventually after all else fails he gets together with um, one of the girls Marsha and plans to kidnap Jerry and force uh, him to be uh, put on the show that's basically the plot, but astonishing performances here by both Jerry Lewis and by Robert De Niro. And of course, the director is the best in the business. So get to watch it, The King of Comedy. It's at number seven. In at six, then, it, uh, no surprises here, is Gandhi. Um, this really took the Oscars by storm. And uh, the winners, well, I'll run through them quickly. Um, Ben Kinsley won for Best Actor. The film won Best Film. Uh, Richard Attenborough won for Best Director. And it also won Best Original Screenplay. It's, of course, uh, a story based on the life of Mahatma Gandhi. Um, it basically brought Ben Kingsley to the attention of movie audiences he was a relative unknown before, although he was a Shakespearean actor. Uh, and it's uh, basically uh, captures 
a period of Gandhi's life um, that uh, has been chronicled historically uh, leading up to independence in 1947, Indians' independence that is of course, and it's definitely worth a watch. Um, the acting is superb, the uh, <clears throat> directing is first class, the sets are uh, absolutely wonderful and uh, it gives your average uh, Joe Public an insight into the character and the uh, the beauty of this man who brought so much peace and love to the Indian subcontinent. So that's uh, Gandhi and it's now uh, in my top ten and it's at uh, the number six. So to number five in my top ten for 1982 is Blade Runner. Uh, the first Blade Runner, of course, uh, it was uh, very much met with cynicism by the critics. Ridley Scott's futuristic thriller set in the hellhole of Los Angeles in the year 2019. Uh, and in the movie, Harrison Ford, who uh, is the Blade Runner, he's a police officer who kills replicants. These are powerful humanoids manufactured by genetic engineers and they uh, found their way back to Earth being originally used as drudgery in space colonies and his mission is to track them down and to uh, e exterminate them and he follows four of them uh, played by Brian James, Joanna Cassidy, Daryl Hannah and uh, a very very young looking Rukahua and uh, the film um, as I say has reached cult status uh, once we entered the 21st century um, but it is worth a look and it's particularly uh, it, it's particularly uh, useful now that we've had the sequel uh, Blade Runner 2049 um, I, I, the sets are fantastic Ridley Scott's direction is awesome and uh, the lead performance by Harrison Ford one, in one of his best roles. So get to look at it, it's Blade Runner, it's my number five. At number four in my top ten for 1982 is Shoot the Moon. It's uh, written by the Oscar winning uh, writer Bo, Bo Goldman who was responsible for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's directed by Alan Parker and uh, it's a bittersweet comedy about a marriage that's gone smash and uh, it stars uh, in the lead roles uh, Albert Finney and Diane Keaton and they are tremendous in this movie um, the setting is in San Francisco uh, George Dumlop, played by Finney, is a successful writer and his wife Faith live in a handsome old farmhouse and they have four small daughters uh, and the marriage is falling apart mainly because of uh, Dunlop's philandering and it's a very very emotionally charged piece of work um, I thoroughly enjoyed it uh, I've watched it two or three times um, it certainly uh, doesn't hold back um, it's emotionally quite demanding, very uh, unsettling at times, but also uh, 
very amusing, uh, in part because these two actors, Finney and Keaton, can put their hands on anything. So I'd suggest you get to watch it. It's called Shoot the Moon. Um, it did uh, catch the eye of the Golden Globes, um, and uh, um, Albert Finney and uh, Keaton were nominated. Uh, at the BAFTAs, uh, again, uh, nominations for Keaton and Finney, and, uh, but the Oscars seem to have uh, passed it by. But anyway, it's my number four anyway in 1982. So we've moved to number three now uh, in my top ten for 1982. And this is Sophie's Choice, uh, directed by Alan J. Pakula, starring uh, in the lead role Meryl Streep, uh, supported by Kevin Kline and uh, Peter McNichol, who plays Stingo. Uh, the original uh, writing was by uh, none other than William Styron um, and uh, in his book um, which is adapted for uh, the screen he refers to the characters aforementioned in this particular film. Um, we start off in a Brooklyn boarding house in 1947 where the aspiring writer Stingo played by McNichol, arrives uh, to meet his two friends, Sophie and Nathan, and he gets a, a, a complete shock uh, because these two characters are very much overwhelming. And we follow the triangular relationships uh, and we explore the depth of characters. And, of course, uh, Sophie, played by a street, her background we get a, 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 an insight into the trauma of the Second World War and her experience as being an occupant at Auschwitz with two of her children and the trauma and the devastation that that experience has had on her. Um, the movie is an emotional roller coaster. Um, it's sure to bring out uh, emotions in you as a viewer. Uh, Street, although she had been uh, performing uh, in a number of very reputable uh, movies before, this was the one that really catapulted her career and it's a truly remarkable piece of work by her and uh, hardly surprising that she won the uh, nomination. She won the Oscar uh, for Best Actress and uh, she also won the Golden Globe for Best Actress and was nominated for the BAFTA. Um, there were some other supplementary uh, uh, nominations in the Academy Awards, Best Writing uh, um, <coughs> adapted by Pakula, Best Cinema, Best Costume Design. But anyway, get to see it. It's a remarkable film, and it's at number three. It's Sophie's Choice. So to number two in my 1982 top ten movies. This one, portrayal, uh, Betrayal, sorry, Betrayal, directed by David Jones, screenplay by Harold Pinter, and starring Jeremy Irons as Jerry, Ben Kinsley is Robert, and Patricia Hodge is uh, Emma. Uh, it sneaks in at 82, although it came out uh, 
in the very early part of 83, but I'm putting it in to 82. Uh, uh, but if you uh, check on the internet movie database, you will see it was uh, released in 1983. Okay, so what do we have here? Well, this is a remarkable piece of work. Uh, one of my favourite films, not just of this year, but any year. It involves the triangular relationship between two best friends, uh, one of which is married to Patricia Hodges' character, uh, Emma, and the other is having an affair with her. Uh, what's notable about the movie is how it's put together, because we basically, the movie starts at the end of the affair, and works its way back to the beginning of the affair uh, by a series of vignettes and uh, we trace the, the the level of betrayal uh, as it accelerates uh, back to the early parts when the affair first emerged. The, uh, the acting is of a five-star nature uh, particularly that of Patricia Hodge who was surrounded by two giants of the stage, both Irons and Kingsley, of course, uh, theatre actors with a huge pedigree. And, but it's a marvellous film, and uh, I really love watching it, set in London, um, at about the time that it was came out. Uh, Harold Pinter, of course, is the celebrated playwright who's uh, responsible for this uh, uh, piece of work, and uh, it's a truly remarkable film, and I suggest you get to see it urgently. So, my number one then for 1982, best top, 10 top movies, is The Verdict. It's uh, directed by Sidney Lumet, and it's uh, based on a screenplay written by David Mannett from a book written by Barry Reed. The cast, and a very impressive one it is, uh, Paul Newman in the lead role as lawyer Frank Galvin. Charlotte Rampling plays his uh, love interest, Laura Fisher. Jack Warden plays Mickey Morrissey. He's uh, helping Galvin in the legal matter. James Mason plays the uh, lawyer for the plaintiff, uh, Ed Concannon. The judge, Hoyle, is played by Melo O'Shea. And... Uh, Lindsay Krauss, a very important supporting role as Caitlin Costello-Price, a nurse at a, a Catholic hospital, which is the centre of this negligent case that Frank Galvin, a lawyer down on his luck, battling his uh, demons under the influence of alcohol, is offered this uh, negligent case against the hospital uh, that led to a young woman becoming a vegetable and uh, on the face of it it looks open and shut but nothing like that uh, it, it happens uh, in his uh, world and Galvin takes on the case goes to see the victim and then it turns the, the whole matter into a life and death situation um, it's one of the most powerful uh, legal drama films I've seen alongside 12 Angry Men um, but actually in the courtroom this time. Um, the performances by New Newman I rank as possibly one of his best. 
although he's obviously littered with so many. Uh, Mason is superb uh, as the counsel for the defence, the um, uh, diocese hospital, uh, and basically you just got to go and see this movie. Um, as regards to the awards, uh, it was nominated in a number of categories at the Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Actor Leading Role, Best Actor Supporting Role for Mason, Best Director and Best Screenplay for Mamet. And in fact, uh, all those uh, were nominated at the Golden Globes as well, but no, no winner. Um, that was obviously probably to do with uh, a mixture of social, Sophie's Choice and Gandhi. Okay, anyway, that's my lot for 1982. I hope you enjoyed this top ten. I love doing it. Uh, the main focus on doing it, of course, is to perhaps su suggest to our, our, our audience to go and watch these films, and or if you have watched them, be reminded about how good they are and go and watch them again. They're, they're all worthy of a second and, and sometimes third uh, look, and that's the whole purpose. If by any chance you are keen to get a copy of these movies uh, and you can't get hold of them uh, via the internet or your local distributor, then if you drop me a line at my email address and you are able to use Google Drive, uh, I, I may be able to uh, send you a copy via Google Drive. Uh, it will probably be a, a smaller size copy, so don't expect Blu-ray. Uh, but if you can't get hold of it and you're desperately wanting to watch it, take advantage of this opportunity. This is a free service and I'm not asking for anything other than your interest. Okay, that's my lot. I'll be back with 1983, possibly in about three or four days.